Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Ode, and Kat Shear, and I, we are 40-plus Masters athletes who love the sport of CrossFit. We want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news from the Open to the Sanctionals to the CrossFit Games. We also want to share our journey to get fit and healthy using the sport of CrossFit. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. We are now available on YouTube at the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends Podcast and all traditional podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Clydesdale CrossFitter. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale. We do fitness and these are my friends. Today we have a special guest, uh, Patrick Clark. What's going on, man? What's up, Scott? Writer for the Morning Chalk Up. And for those of you who don't know, he's also a National Guardsman. And he has been called up, so... Uh, you're on duty right now, right? Well, not on duty, but you're called <laughs> up right a- now. I'm currently AWOL. Both <laughs> <laughs> you, you and your friends. Nah, yeah. I, uh, I've been called up since, uh, God, was it end of March? So, yeah. So, I've been uh, handling all the logistics while, um, while Illinois uh, deals with the COVID-19 uh, response. So, yeah. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah, we appreciate all you're doing. Pleasure's all mine. And so it's been a busy week at the Morning Chalk Up. I think it's been a busy week uh, across the CrossFit community and and outside the CrossFit community. If you've uh, been seeing how it's uh, kind of blown up. I mean, I saw the other day that some of the news has been picked up by even like Al Jazeera and, you know, uh, the New York Times and, you know, CNN. So I think all across the board, it's been busy. So we actually had a, we did an episode a couple nights ago, the minute it hit YouTube, uh, more news broke, of course, uh, cause that's the way this week has been. And so we kind of got all the way up until, uh, the apology, the statement, uh, the retirement and the new CEO. So none of that made our episode. Yeah. Uh, and all that happened like an hour after it posted. <laughs> I know how that feels. We were, we were kind of dealing with the same thing, um, you know, dealing with it. We're, we we have the advantage that we can kind of maybe deal with it a little at, on real time as opposed to a podcast because obviously there's editing and other things involved. But, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, we're there with you. But, like I said, uh, we're getting the news and just like you guys were and uh, we're just feeding it out. That's, that's kind of where our responsibility is, making sure that, you know, just reporting the news. So my first question to everybody is um, Greg Glassman stepped down and retired and Dave Castro has now been named CEO of CrossFit. And what change do you think that brings to the CrossFit community? I mean, I think for now it's a logical choice. It's a good first step. Um, I don't, I have no idea what it means. I don't know that anyone could. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm okay. Super surprised that Greg stepped down. Didn't think that would happen. Uh, we all, you know, that was our pie in the sky solution. If you remember a couple of days ago, you know, kept saying, you know, best case he steps down or retires or whatever. So really excited about that and that that's a first step, but I definitely think there's a long way to go. Um, before some people are going to be satisfied. And, and I poo-pooed it at first. Like my first reaction, people were all, oh, he's not any better than Greg. And he's, you know, someone said, it's like replacing Miley Cyrus with Hannah Montana. And, you know, and I got a chuckle out of that. And, and I thought about it for a second. And then I got on a couple of affiliate owners for saying like, listen, guys, we just said we wanted him to step down. Now he stepped down and you're all bitching about, you know, the person that's going to be taking over. Like, what do you want? Um, 
So I just think it's, you know, it's more of the same where people are just having these knee jerk reactions to what's happening and not just sort of taking a breath and trying to figure out how it's all going to play out. I mean, we're still, we're not even like a week into, into all this. Um, you know, and I think people, some people have unrealistic expectations that, you know, tomorrow there's going to be some board of directors hired and, you know, everyone's, everything's going to be in motion and, you know, we can go on with CrossFit as usual. And that's, I don't think that's realistic. I think it's a, it's different from two sides of it. I think you have the elite athlete side of it and then you have the affiliate owner side of it. You know, obviously, you know, with things like the open, it tries to mix the two, but it's really two different things. Um, I think the, and I, I don't know for sure, but it feels like the, the Dave Castro hire is a, a lot of the athletes know him who've been to the games and have interacted with him. And, and so it seems like a, okay, you guys are leaving. Whoa, 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 don't leave. Here's a guy, you know, let's bring him in. But from the you know affiliate side, I think it's a, it's a different perspective of, okay, well now we're just doing the same thing we've been doing. So. I think both you guys bring up uh, very good points. Um, very similar to what I, uh, what I, I feel. Um, would I have picked Dave? Uh, probably not, but I think the person that um, I would have chose resigned the night before in Nicole yep. Carroll. Um, I thought she would have been a better choice if you were have to, having to pick a CEO because I think she's all-encompassing. I'm not saying Dave isn't all-encompassing, but we know Dave as the games director. And, yes, he shares – at the time, he was sharing the training and seminar responsibility with Nicole. But um, um, I just – feel like she she just would have been a better choice but granted we can sit here and play uh play that game the end of the day and it being dave um now dave does have a really good connection with the affiliates um but his connections through the games um that's how he did it so um you take dave away from the game's involvement what type of what type of manager what type of person is he i don't i i don't know um, only a few people know that Dave's a very private person. Um, he keeps his friends close, his uh, his enemies closer. Um, so, um, just like Kat said, I mean, it's it's going to take time. It's not going to happen. But, but at the end of the day, Greg Glassman still has 100% control of that company. That's that's. I mean, we've all heard it. Now it's just kind of wait and see. Right. I th I think. I think that, that's a huge point, right? Greg still owns 100% of the, of the company, as far as we know it from the outside. We don't know what negotiations have happened uh, about his controlling interest, whatever that is. Um, and I was reminded today that this happened like seven years ago. Greg stepped down. Essentially, Dave ran CrossFit for a couple years. Um, and then during that time, um, the games went way up and CrossFit training went way down, at least domestically. Um, I, I'm with you too, Patrick, on the Nicole Carroll thing, right? One thing that I think has been lacking from CrossFit for five years has been communication. Nicole Carroll is a gem of an orator and is a great communicator. I could not say that about Dave Castro. I know he has a passion for CrossFit um, and what goes on with, with um, the, the methodology and the saving of lives and the games and all of that. But Nicole is such an eloquent communicator. Um, I think that was a, an opportunity missed. I mean, Dave can't even give us clear clues for the open workouts. I mean, how's he going <laughs> to run? How's he going to talk to affiliates? Right. Yeah, an important um, announcer from CrossFit. There's a, a, a pitchfork and a, a loaf of bread, pound of dirt, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. get a chance. A, a fluffy duck. He has a an awesome. Um, uh, he has an awesome post about that. It's pretty hilarious. So, um, I, I recommend checking out that post that fluff that fluffy duck had up. So. <laughs> No, but I, whoever made the point about too, I don't, I don't think at least affiliate owners don't have a sense of what kind of a leader Dave is. You know, they see his persona at the games, which I don't think is necessarily a fair representation of 
his leadership abilities. And so I think the jury's still out in terms of, you know, I don't know that anybody except people in that inner circle have a feeling one way or the other that's valid on, on how he's going to handle that or manage it. I think from, Oh, go ahead, Pat. I think from a leadership standpoint, um, you, you're right. We don't really know what type of leadership style outside of what he puts out there. But um, I think we kind of do because um, one, we know his military background, um, you know, so for him to be an instructor for buds, it shows he has leadership on, at some level. Um, now, obviously the Navy SEALs and, and the CrossFit community and dealing with affiliate owners and stuff, it's totally different. And then, but then the other example I give of Dave's leadership is you look at, um, I mean, Kat, um, you, you, you probably know this, look at, look at the head judges. I mean, look at these uh, people like the Chuck Carswells who, you know, they swear by Dave. Uh, they, they follow Dave. They've learned from Dave. Um, a lot of these, um, you know, flow masters we called, they're, they're all not, I want to say direct products of them, but they're, they're a sign of his leadership. And obviously those are, most of them are people that we think very high of in the CrossFit community, especially someone like Chuck Carswell. And he's a, I think he's a direct, his leadership style is a direct reflection of what he learned from Dave. Yeah, that's true. And Todd and all those guys. Yeah. That, they're exactly. awesome. Now, how that translates into dealing with the uh, affiliate owners in the community, we don't know. I mean, you know, it's one of those things like we've all said, it was just kind of wait and see. Well, let's take a step back. Do you remember when Dave was traveling bef before the 18 shakeup, when he was traveling around the world and he would visit three boxes a day? Yep. That's what someone needs to do right now because there is a lot of people that need mending. And that kind of barn busting tour showed that he cared enough to stop in and, and talk to affiliate owners and talk to members and see what's going on um, at the front level. Yeah, that was very, that was very powerful when that, when that happened. And I, you know, I wasn't an affiliate owner at the time, but I worked at one and, you know, that was a cool prospect. Like, Oh, I wonder where Dave's going to show up next. You know, how do we get him to come here? And so it shows he cares. It care, he cares about the affiliates, the locations, and, and what they're doing um, because he, he took the time to do that. I, I, think it's, I think he has the potential to be a good leader and to take CrossFit in a great place. Um, but, but I think other things definitely have to happen uh, for him to be successful. Uh, right now, the way it stands, I think he's a little handcuffed. I think we need to see steps two, three, and four to see if he's actually – given the opportunity. I think you, um, you had a good point when you're talking about like the head judges and everything. Um, it's going to also depend on who he puts around him who, um, and kind of what that looks like to, you know, cause a lot of times when you guys have people who are at the head, it's about who's under him and who's actually pulling all the strings and everything else. So if he can get, if he can get Nicole back or if he can get, you know, someone else that we don't know, um, you know, maybe it's a, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that'll be a, a telling tale of, of, you know, what it looks like as well. I do want to, I do want to promote something too. You know, we're not the only podcasters out there or video bloggers or any of that. Um, Armin Hammer had Jordan Holland on, on his latest episode. And if you have not seen that, it is, it is a must-see a video blog. Uh, Jordan is a black affiliate owner in Seattle, Washington. Uh, he has been an affiliate owner for 13 years. Uh, I, I was blown away with his uh, thought process and the ideas of what can be done uh, to help make CrossFit more diverse. Um, definitely a must-watch. It's, it's about 40 minutes long. Um, but definitely worth worth the 40 minutes you put into that one. Even Armin, you know, who Armin was kind of like, oh my gosh, that's another amazing idea. Um, and he was hoping that other affiliate owners kind of saw that and uh, and could hook up with him to, to kind of make a difference uh, in diversity. Um, I think, I think Kat brought up a good point about, she mentioned like Dave traveling around the world uh, or to all these, different affiliates and basically going back to like a grassroots program. Um, I think that's an excellent opportunity 
not only just to do that, but using that opportunity to reach out to, uh, you know, boxes and um, that are owned by minorities and also a great opportunity to start looking around at possible locations. Maybe I think CrossFit maybe needs to start sponsoring boxes in the inner, in an inner city or where there's a lack of diversity, um, you know, because it's hard to own a box to begin with, but to, to start a box and open one up in the inner city or, or in certain areas that are hit with poverty, it's hard to do that. So, I mean, you know, you said you brought up, but that, that was an idea I heard. And, but we have this term in the military uh, called the good idea fairy. And uh, <laughs> uh, been hearing a lot of that lately. And that's great. That's shown that people really care. And a lot of these ideas are amazing. However, an idea is, is only a thought. We need action. So what are people doing? Is, there, is CrossFit actually listening to these ideas? Is there someone there gathering these ideas? Or, or is CrossFit going to do what they did in the past where, you know, they're, they're just going to stick with what they came up with and not consult with people outside of, the, uh, outside of HQ? Um, they put up, they did put up a good front. I mean, I don't know if it's a front, but during the whole COVID-19 when Greg was, you know, meeting, uh, doing zoom meetings with a bunch of affiliate owners for the last three months, but what actions came out of that? We don't know. I mean, we don't know if there was, maybe it was just him listening. We all know it. Uh, Greg has an ego and he likes to talk. So maybe that was a chance for him to do that because he wasn't, you know, because of COVID-19 and stay at home orders, he wasn't getting out and doing what he normally does to, to massage his ego. But, plenty of great ideas out there. Um, now we just got to capture them as a community, not just as a community, but it's HQ that the leaders, they, they're, they're, they're ultimately the ones that everyone's going to follow. So they're the ones that need to capture these. They're the ones that need to implement them. Yeah. Jordan um, had this idea. Um, it was a brilliant idea. You know, it's like you said, it's hard to open up a box in any, in any location right? To open one up in where, where it's needed in the inner city is even harder because the economic base isn't there to support the business. And what Jordan said is, you know, I'm a business owner first, right? I have to, if I can't keep my business open, all the good I'm doing is for naught because it's going to close. And so he had an idea of it's like a coaching share plan, where like he would donate eight hours of coaching time on his payroll for a coach to go work uh, at this inner at an inner city gym. And if he could get five other gyms to come in and donate eight hours of their coaching time and keep on their payroll, you could make a difference. Uh, so that's just one of the ideas that came from Jordan on the uh, Arm and Hammer uh, podcast or video blog today. And if you want to check that out, he even has more. Uh, Cause I love when people come with solutions uh, and not just complain about the problem. So lots happened. We had a statement um, from CrossFit saying, why didn't we react more quickly? I think was the title of it. Um, very long thought out um, eloquently written um, statement. Uh, I'm, I'll go ahead and start on this one. I felt that in, mo in most of it, it was pretty genuine that they admitted that they screwed up. Uh, they could have done better. The only part that kind of turned me off is whenever someone tries to explain their actions in an apology, it, it loses a little bit of ground for me. Um, and so, you know, when they go into, you know, as someone who's trying to be, find the truth, you know, we want to make sure everything is perfectly factual. And we applied that to something that didn't need that much time. And it's explaining away why you didn't react. And I think it takes a little bit of away from just genuinely being sorry and apologetic. Um, other than that, I thought it was a, a pretty good effort uh, on an apology. But at this point, I think it's just words. And, they, and we need to see the action. Yeah, it kind of felt like a, um, we've got to put something out here because people are saying things. And maybe we, maybe if no one would have reacted, I don't know if they would have put anything out. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's really it, it really felt like a well I, I know we have to say something we've waited long enough so here it is and i know i know that the point's been made that they never said black lives matter in the statement uh, which was something that they wanted that people were asking hq to make a statement on and even in the apology they didn't say those three words Any well, thoughts? At some point, at some point, um, like I said, you're, you're right. You hit on it in terms of that statement. Uh, there's a point where an apology becomes excuses. And as they kept on writing, as I kept on reading, it started turning into excuses and not an apology. Um, especially that they can come up with something like that in a matter of 24 hours, what should have been done or could have been done the previous 48 hours or week. Um, where was that before? Um, you know, if you could put that much effort when your company and when your livelihoods on the line, why, you know, it just shows the, the lack of, um, I wouldn't say lack of leadership because, uh, from, from what I understand, it's like, you know, the reason why something wasn't put out and, and I think Glassman said it a couple times, he, you know, it, 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 everything goes through him and, you know, I know some of those people at HQ. I know some of them personally. And they, and he mentioned something, you know, his comment about we don't, we don't mourn George Floyd. I know that that's a lie. That's a lie because you can't tell me that some of those people there weren't mourning that. I mean, there's examples of it on some of those people's own uh, Instagram pages where they were mourning. So it just shows the lack of reality and, and the, the power that he had where he almost ruled with an iron fist. Well, didn't say almost he did so he he still does he's had, he owns a hundred percent of the company he still owns it you know a ceo is nothing but a manager right and, um, but yeah i think it was well written but again it, it sounded like more like an excuse than an apology so the cat and i actually just got off uh a call a zoom call with uh, all the affiliate owners uh, there was a nine-person panel. Uh, it was facilitated by Pat Sherwood, who is still currently employed by CrossFit HQ. Uh, there was Rich Froning, Chris Smith Jr., Annie Sakamoto, Chris Spieler, uh, Jennifer Hunter, Jonathan Kinnick, uh, Carrie Ann Athens, Anthens, and David Osario. That was the panel. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a ton in that 90 minute call and it went every minute of the 90 minutes. Um, they, they got a thousand questions sent in to be asked during that call. Uh, they took them and kind of thematically drilled them down uh, to about five or six questions for each of them. And, um, and the big question was, what, are, what needs to happen? So let me start out. All of these members in this panel are 10-year affiliates or more. Um, they're all very well known. And they, uh, yeah, that, I guess that's what you need to know. And they were at, and almost all of them have said they were going to de-affiliate or have already uh, de-affiliated. And so they were asked what needs to happen for you to come back or to stay with CrossFit going forward. Uh, and they were very blunt and honest. And it included really three main themes. One is that Greg needs to be no part of CrossFit at all. Because they've been, they, they all are like, we've been burned before. This is not the first time that he has stepped down and he has constantly come back. And so Rich Froning even said, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I'm not um, going down that road again. Yeah. And it was, it was really around fiscal ownership. Like, I don't want to give Greg any more of my money and I don't want him behind any decisions that are made. 
and they all believe that this is not a that this is a death by a thousand paper cuts. This it's not over last weekend's event. It is stuff that has been going on for five to seven years, and they really believe that while Greg and this is an Andy Sok Andy Sakamoto quote, while Greg breathed life into CrossFit, we nurtured it and and helped it grow. In despite of Greg Glassman, because we were always defending his actions. And they were, they were visibly and very upset in this call. Um, the second thing was that there needs to be a board of directors, that this is not a one man show anymore. Uh, the business has grown too big for someone to, and this is my paraphrasing, to be a dictator over what happens with CrossFit. It, there needs to be checks and balances in place at all levels. I think those are really the two big themes, right, Kat? Am I missing? Yeah. yeah. That's what I got out of it, too. So you were on it, too, Patrick? Yeah, I was off and on, but, uh, but that was just generally what I, I got out of it, too. Yeah, and so and they were pretty adamant that if Greg Glassman was still – if they were still putting money in Greg Glassman's pocket, it was a no-go for them. And I was really surprised at how vehement they were – and it really felt like years of frustration kind of have boiled up and they were really, really upset. I can't say that enough. I was so surprised. I've never seen Rich that vehement about something like this. When he mentioned, um, when he mentioned the, the, uh, his daughter and mm -hmm. her playing and had a CrossFit kid shirt on and it, it upset him. That really, that really struck a chord with me because every, if anyone knows Rich, it's like he's about family and faith and, right. and CrossFit. I mean, all that's encompassing. And, uh, you know, when you mentioned that, that was a powerful statement by him because he, he, you know, for him to, to look at his family, you know, his, his child, his daughter, and then see something that he loves and nourish in terms of CrossFit and his child, and then still get a different a feeling, a reaction like that. It, it really, it struck a chord with me. It, you know, like I said, I don't have any kids, um, but I can only imagine. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a, I thought it was a very good call. I think having Pat on there and having him still affiliated with CrossFit is a good sign. Cause you know, like I said before, who's writing down these, the good, I mean, that call, there was a lot of great ideas. So again, what's the good idea fairy was abundant in that call. And, but at least Pat was there and he was record. Obviously the call was being recorded. So that, 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 that shows me something. Um, it yeah. shows me that Pat maybe, but maybe, you know, like I said, I don't want to assume anything, but he, he's obviously still, still a part of it. He still is someone that Dave trusts and he trusts Dave. And, you know, this, this is a good, a good, a good sign, I think. Well, Mo from Beyond the Whiteboard at the very end, I don't know if you were on at the end, said that Dave knew the call was going on and that it requested a recording of the call so he could review it to see what he needs to do as CEO to make the changes. And so that's, that's a good sign if he's willing to, to listen. Uh, now, it's, it's word, like I said, everything is just words at this point. I think we need to see action to know that something's truly being done. Um, but, but yeah, I, I hope the, the most optimistic point of the call, and you guys can jump in if you think anything else is that all but one of the gyms said that their door was cracked open to coming back and they don't want to lose the community to, to a person. The last thing they want to happen is to lose this community because we are stronger as a group then we're going to be separated. Yeah, for sure. And so they, they are willing to fight to keep that community, but there are just a couple things that have to happen for them to stay on board. Right. And for now they're just at arm's length. That's really kind of what, where they are. They're, they're there, but not there. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, and I think that's the call today was really insightful and I'm, you know, happy to be a part of it and glad that things are at least seem to be moving forward in the direction of, you know, here's what we need and, and let's present them to Dave and see what happens. But 
Anybody have any insight in the call yesterday that no one could register for the Ben Bergeron call? Nothing. All I've seen is there really was no call. Uh, that, oh, okay. That he came on and said, Rory is no longer here. Uh, there's been a bombshell and you guys will find out in the next X amount of time. It was like 15 minutes or 45 minutes or something like that. Like 15. Uh, and what? Th that's all that was said. And people were still writing on social media, like, what was the bombshell? Like, it's well after 15 minutes. Yeah, it so was that a, call never really happened then? He, he pretty much said, I, there's not, nothing really we can talk about now because things are changing. Hmm. So there's no real point to having this call. I don't doubt that, but I don't think, oh, hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I don't have any insight on that, unfortunately. Um, obviously, if we did, we probably would have put something out. Um, so um, it, it, knowing Rory and knowing Ben, uh, especially Rory, it, it, it was something, something that they thought, obviously, what, that – that would play a part in whatever they were going to sit there and talk about. Cause obviously the whole point of that was to sit down with affiliate and speak, talk about the state of CrossFit and stuff like that. So whatever happened or whatever news they had was obviously something that could play a big part in whatever conversation that was for them to say that. And for nothing, mm -hmm. and for nothing else to come out after that, it's probably something that's well, everyone's, you know, as a, as a journalist, um, we, you know, we got criticized a lot this week, like about like, how come you weren't reporting on this, this and that it's all about gathering information. So, you know, uh, when you get something that's potentially a, a, a bomb or, you know, a, something that can impact, you want to make sure you have all your, your ducks in a row and you want to make sure that you're right. So I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm completely in the dark with that. Unfortunately, I wish I knew. Um, but it, it, in my, in my opinion, it's probably something big. And if you haven't heard anything, it's probably because whoever has this information is trying to figure it out and make sure it's the right information. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a million things going through my head that it could be involving those people. Um, but I don't who want to were, speculate. Who, were, who was on that panel, Scott? Do you remember? The only two people I knew were Rory and Ben. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Rory was going to yeah. facilitate and Ben was going to talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like a town hall. So it was more like people could ask questions of Ben. Um, but I don't know. And then, don't... then we had a weird situation where one of the major affiliate owners has started a business of kind of creating his own affiliate <laughs> program. There's a couple of them. Did you see um, Dave Lipson? I did not. He put out something on his story. I don't know if he was serious or not, but it was like anarchy affiliation. <laughs> oh, Siri, Siri heard me. Hold on. Sorry, Siri. I wasn't talking to you. Um, yeah. So him and Jason Kalipa. So Jason Kalipa came out and sort of doubled down on this whole opportunity. And, you know, and he's been doing this for a while anyway. Yeah. I know there are a lot of affiliates in my area, just in Delaware here that are NC fit gyms you know, that follow the programming and all that kind of stuff. And I guess pay some kind of a fee to him for that. So yeah, that's interesting. That would, that causes a noticeable rift, you know, and, and division that, you know, I'm not sure how that'll pan out. Yeah. He got a lot of, a lot of flack on that in social media, but the, you know what I love about Jason? If you look back at uh, what we posted, he or what he posted on his own page and so every comment he replied to. And I didn't, I didn't even know he was a, still an affiliate. I assumed when he changed his name to NC fit that he was already unaffiliated. So when he came out with the, I have, I'm deaffiliating. I was kind of like, whatever I thought <laughs> I assumed he had years ago. <laughs> well, that's something that was, I think in the works and uh, this kind of expediated that. And, and uh, one thing, if you ever read Jason's book, um, you know, he, he, he's not where he's at. He got where he's at because he's a very smart man. He's a very good businessman. And um, I think part of what makes him a good businessman is that he listens. Um, and like I said, I was really impressed. Like even the people that ripped on him, I mean, there were some very, 
very, very troubling comments uh, people were directing to him. And he replied to him, was like, hey, if you want to talk about, about, about this, DM me. And if you don't know this about Jason, if you DM him and send him a message, he's going he's gonna to reply. He looks through all his DMs and he replies. And, you know, he, he offered that up with everyone that disagreed with him or anyone that had an opinion. And, you know, that's, that's the type of stuff that you didn't see from CrossFit um, on any of their social media. Um, if, you know, I mean, you're more likely to get blocked than them replying to you. Uh, so that begs another question then, Patrick, too. We talk about the media and has the lack of media in the last few years from CrossFit directly been any kind of factor in sort of the mob mentality of CrossFit and their character and everything else? Like, has that hurt them? That oh, yeah. They got rid of all that media and that people don't really know about all the good stuff that they're doing unless they read the email they get every night that starts with, you know, some article about words I can't even pronounce um, that I just sort of don't even open anymore. But, you know, I know when, um, you know, when Savan had his podcast and when there was just a lot going on with social media and Matt Bischel, Matt Bischel did a good job of, you know, keeping everybody connected, I felt like we, we as a community knew a little more, had a little more insight into what was happening at HQ. And since that's sort of gone away, the only thing we can react to is Greg Glassman and his tweets. <laughs> like we don't have anything else to sort of dilute that. Um, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think any, I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of a, it's a weird thing because obviously when they, when media, when CrossFit, had their own media department, they were able to control the media. So you very rarely saw anything that was questionable. I mean, you know, obviously if they had their own media department, all this happened, do you think they would, they would have reported on themselves? Um, And I mean, because of something like that, it's given opportunities out to people like the morning chalk up uh, and even, you know, podcasters and yourselves as well. Um, But I think if they would have had a, still had that media, obviously you would have had a lot of people who are PR savvy, uh, know how to approach things. However, it goes back to how much of them, how much of that, how much influence they have on Greg and what he says, because obviously when it comes down to it, Greg is Greg. Um, you know, if he doesn't agree with what you say, he's going to get rid of you or he's going to say whatever he wants to say anyways. Mm -hmm. But I think not having that media, department there to tell the good stuff, to reach out, to tell those stories. Um, I was a paid member of the uh, CrossFit Journal. I enjoyed so it. I. I, I loved it. Um, when Savan came out that podcast, I thought it was great because it kind of, it kind of peeled away that curtain a little bit. Yep. It kind of almost got an inside look on what was going on. And he brought on, you know, he's one of the first to bring in, you know, you know, high quality or high you know, I mean, just not athletes, but just in the sport, uh, just in the CrossFit realm. Um, and he did a great job with that. And so when that went away, it, it, it created opportunity. But, you know, seeing all that stuff go away, I think it, it definitely hurt CrossFit. I mean, just not just the media, but some of the other people that were that were laid off or fired as well. It hurt CrossFit. Them getting rid of having Jeff Kane resign, uh, that hurt CrossFit. Um, it wasn't a good look. When, when the CEO resigns, anytime a CEO resigns and it's not for any, something controversial, it's not a good look. It, it's, you know, especially when the owner assumes that CEO responsibility. And I think that's why people are gun shy right now. It was just what, seven months ago that Jeff Kane resigned. Yes. So Greg's only been CEO for seven months again. Mm-hmm. And so stepping down from CEO, what does that really mean? Nothing. It just means that, you know, it just means that there's things behind there that the CEO can't probably doesn't have control over and it's frustrated either that or he's forced out, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, who knows, you know, um, obviously when there's a resignation like that, um, there's, there's, there's certain things they can and cannot say with the NDA and, you know, Greg has some of the best lawyers when it comes to stuff like that, you know, so you know, you probably won't ever hear the side of that or anything that's going on now. I doubt we'll ever hear the real side of the story with Nicole. Um, for her to resign like that, it, it, it kind of 
brings up questions, but I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I'm not going to, you know, not going to throw those out there. Um, I'll leave that for Greg. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Another thing I think that we've been missing for a while is when they, when Greg de-emphasized the games, right? Got rid of all the media um, and then refused to have the games on network television, ESPN or CBS or whoever that might be. During when in the early days of CrossFit for me, it was inspiring because at every commercial, I would see a 70 year old black woman deadlifting for the first time and telling her story about going into a CrossFit gym. That, that was the one time a year the affiliates got some really good publicity and advertising because those stories in the commercials weren't about the elite athletes. It was about the four of us and what we did to walk into a gym. And when, when Greg said, no, we're not going on network television, that took away a lot of eyes of people who might get to see those commercials for the first time. I mean, yeah, adaptive, I adaptive, eh, adaptive athlete commercials. Letting an adaptive person know that it's possible to go work out again. Yeah, I think, I think Greg let his, his desire to not sort of sell out and not um, sort of like steer towards the power and money side of things is probably why he didn't do that. And I think while he thought that was probably virtuous, I think it, you know, he shot himself in the foot and missed that opportunity. But I, I, I kind of understand just knowing a little bit about him, like why he wouldn't have done that because he really felt like the health piece was more important and he probably just didn't see the correlation or see how somebody sitting on their couch needing to lose a hundred pounds would look at the CrossFit games and think that's for me. Um, and I know I disagree. I think, that's how a lot of people get in the gym. And I think those commercials that we used to see like in regionals during the, you know, the broadcasts and things were really quite moving. Um, but I think for him, it was more about the principle of not like selling out to mainstream media, you know, which is unfortunate because I think cool. they missed an opportunity there. And that right there speaks to what the issue is. It's one man's yeah. beliefs right. then dictate what the entire community gets. Yep. And he's got, you know, strong opinions about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So I think, I think the mo most we've gotten out of the last couple of weeks is knowing that this is a very fluid, fluid time for CrossFit. And I think what I learned on the affiliate call today is that kind of like take the morning chalk ups uh, suggestion and just sit back and take a breath. We're not going to get an answer from HQ. If they are putting together a, a real solid plan to keep the affiliates and to move forward in a new direction, there's no way they can put that together in the last 48 hours. That's going to be a week or two. We have to be fair to them and give them the time to put something together that's meaningful and not just words. I would agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's got to happen. It's definitely something that's got to happen quick. Uh, you're right. Not in the next 40 out, 48 hours, but within the next week or so, because I think, I think they're missing an opportunity here. Obviously every day that they wait or they're, they don't come up or don't voice a plan. They're losing money and they're losing credibility, um, especially with sponsors. So I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and I think that platform for them to do that is the 2020 games. Um, mm -hmm. Bringing back some of the stuff that you talked about that we missed. Um, to bring those uh, sponsors and brands back. And once you start bringing them back, the affiliates will start coming back as well. It, 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 it works both ways. But um, you're not going to be able to fix the affiliate problem immediately. But you can fix the branding and your message immediately. Um, because it's already there. All you got to do is re-engage it. Um, right. The affiliates will be different because what this has shown is that there's, there's a lot of differing opinions out there from affiliates. Um, there's, 
some people that don't think there was a problem in CrossFit, that there wasn't a diversity issue in CrossFit. And there's some that think that they still think that Greg is what he said was there was no problem with it. Um, and those are coming from affiliates. Those are coming from affiliate owners. Those are coming from CrossFitters. So, you know, that has to be addressed, but it, that's not going to happen overnight, but bringing back, bringing back the, what, what hurts you in terms of losing money from affiliates, losing, I mean, who knows what the financial implications of what Greg did over the course of 72 hours, what it did, those long-term effects. It might, it might, it might, they might get that all back or they might not. Yeah. And they were already losing money anyway with the whole COVID thing because, you know, they were giving people breaks and, you know, breaking out monthly payments or deferring monthly payments for affiliates and things like that. So having seminars, Right. Yeah. No, no, no seminars. Um, it's kind of crazy. It'll be telling. I think, I think unless something happens between now and then, I think what you'll see is the open will actually be a pretty good indication of how, what happened, like how much this hurt. Um, you know, obviously open numbers went down, but there was a lot of excuses for that because there was two opens in one year, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this year's open. I think that that'll be a really good, a really good, uh, because that'll probably be within, when is that? That's like five months from now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it gives them five months to figure out what's going on. I think we're going to see a lot of people videotaping their entries because they're not going to be doing the open at, at a CrossFit affiliate anymore. <laughs> or you're going to have an influx of members that jump ship from, you know, their non-affiliated gym to their affiliated gym, the diehards that really want to, you know, who are never going to go to the CrossFit games, but need apparently to like be in a CrossFit affiliate to do the open and be on the leaderboard. It's going to, that's going to be an interesting social, you know, exercise to observe. Assuming, you know, there's still a bunch of people in limbo, you know, with yeah. affiliating or not. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap that up with a bow and end with some, some good news. We get a CrossFit competition to watch this weekend. Yay. My calendar is blocked. live streamed. We can all watch. Uh, what 40 athletes from around the world? Um, 39 now. 39. <laughs> Good old Matt. So have we, has it been ever is going to be all 40 up on the screen at the same time? No, we figured that no. out. Yeah. No, uh, it's going to 10. 10 at a time. Yeah, 10 person heats, but um, they're going to go from place to place. I don't think yeah, you're not going to see like a Zoom call of there'll be a little bit of production on the spot there. I would hope. Gotcha. I just can't wait. It's going to be fun. So the, Rogue, the, Rogue Invitational this weekend. I know, Patrick, you did a, you're just finished up a preview for it. I'm actually still, I actually took time off to jump on with you guys to, uh, I was just about to wrap it up. And so it's going to be in tomorrow's morning checkup? Yes. Yep. <laughs> it shall. So give you a little pub there. Get your morning checkup first thing in the morning. Check out what the competition is going to look like this weekend and get Patrick's preview on that. I'm just excited to have some competition and get to take away, uh, take a little breath away from the drama for a couple days and just relax. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm curious to know like what everyone's going to be wearing. If, if people are going to be making like statements, social statements with their wardrobe choices, or are they going to be you know, is anyone going to be putting duct tape over the word CrossFit on their shirts? And it, it'll just, yeah, I can't wait. Guys the guys don't wear shirts anyway. Well, that's true. <laughs> so I, d I do, from an inside source, Rogue is allowing the athletes to make any statements they wish to make. Cool. So are there, are, is there going to be, are there going to be like interviews with the winning athletes for each event? You know how they do at the end of each event, like, oh, and we're here with the winner. Are, is there going to be somebody with a microphone at all of the locations to be able to do something like that? I do not know. Okay. If, if I'm not mistaken, um, there won't be someone with a microphone, but they'll have uh, the ability to talk. I think uh, the Iron oh. Game. Got it. So that, yeah, there's someone on the other end asking yeah, the questions. Sean or uh, Chase or I forget who else is on there, but they'll be Margo. able to talk. Yeah, Marco, yeah. someone like that. They'll be able to, to correspond with those athletes. Um, you know, 
but I mean, that could change from, I heard it's multi-cam. They'll have more than one camera at each location. So mm -hmm. not only just from a, a entertainment uh, value, but also for a judging value for uh, any appeals or um, yeah, anything like that. So they'll actually have a, a, a video review judge who will be able to, uh, you know, answer any appeals or help out with anything that the judges on site have any difficulties with. I can't, can't wait. Can't I'm trust super excited. Judges. Yeah, those judges. Yeah. I know. <laughs> hey, Charlie, yep. you're the only non-judge on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's how I met Patrick. Patrick and I judged together at uh, the regionals in 2018. I think that's how we. I met. We all. Man, that's how I met Cat. Yeah, you. I met Cat. I met. Uh, I met Patrick. We met at Rogue. I yep. think. Yep. Last year. Yeah, last year. Or at Mac. Were you at Mac? No, uh, Atlantic Regional 2018. I did not judge, but I was there oh, watching. You were there. I thought I met you there. I don't know, but yeah, it was a uh, Mac and then Rogue. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed we didn't get to all get together at Rogue and hang out for a weekend. Yeah. But yeah, at least fun. we get a competition tomorrow. And I wore my Granite uh, Games Friday, shirt. Sunday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. I got down Granite Games. Games today and I was like sad to hear. Yeah. We yeah. were all supposed really to be there forward. this weekend. I know. I was looking forward to that seeing how that venue i mean it, it, from everything i heard it was like obviously it's loud and live so you know they do things loud and live so um yeah it, it would have been fun i was really looking forward to that plus i didn't have to drive to st cloud so yeah right yeah I was, I was so stoked for that yeah it's an easy flight from st louis to minneapolis so i'm a yeah. bears fan but just an nfl practice facility it would have yeah, to be um, cool. awesome all right, next year, road trip. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for jumping on, Patrick. We appreciate you. Anytime. Uh, check out his work every morning in the morning chalk up. I know I do. Uh, we, we love what you guys put out there. I know you guys took a couple hits this week, uh, but but uh, we appreciate you. Well, I appreciate uh, it. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Remember, you can find us on YouTube now and all major podcast platforms. That's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, we're available on all those. And please hit that subscribe button on whatever you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.